This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 387, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 29th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 387. We take a look at some of the releases that came out on Wednesday, June 29th. I'm actually recording this on June 30th, right before Canada Day in Canada, which is uh, July 1st. Uh, this episode will actually be going up, however, on Monday, July 4th, which is Independence Day, basically America's birthday. So to all my American listeners, happy 4th of July. And to my Canadian listeners, I hope you had a great Canada Day. So let's just jump right in. Uh, because I'm recording this on Thursday, as you can expect, I haven't had a chance to read a lot of comics, but uh, considering how many I've been able to read, at least recently, pretty good for one day. I've read six. So first, let's look at what I didn't get a chance to get around to this week, which includes Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 5, I'm not a huge fan, uh, Teen Titans Annual, Uncle Scrooge, East of West, All New All Different Avengers, it, DC had barely any releases and Marvel still had a shit ton. Um... Let's see, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Punisher, Darth Vader, Hyperion, Mockingbird, Silk, Spider-Gwen Annual, Spider-Man Deadpool, Star-Lord, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Uncanny Inhumans, and Venom Space Knight. So what did I get a chance to read? Well, I'm glad you asked, in case you did. Uh, first up, we have Captain America, Steve Rogers, number two. It's kind of funny that there's two Captain America books, but each one have a subtitle with the name of the character. Um, I like this. Um, I, it made me laugh, because obviously this is the way it went down. Uh, I'm. There was so much bullshit that was flying across the interwebs uh, when this when the first issue came out and everyone was freaking out. And I remember my buddy called me and he was all like, "What do you think of that? That's so stupid." And I'm like, "No, it's a story, and obviously it's not going to be what we think it is. Um, they're not going to do that to Captain America. Obviously, there's more going on. And guess what? There was. And they didn't even wait a long time to tell us. They just told us. And I'm sure Nick Spencer was laughing." Uh, maybe not laughing when I got the death threats, but laughing when everyone was going crazy because he's like, guys, first of all, comics. Second of all, it's a story, and you've read chapter one. Like, can you imagine if you read a book and there was like a shock a cliffhanger at the end of the chapter, and you're like, well, fuck this. This is stupid. I'm, I don't like this the way that this is going to go. Read chapter two. Like, it's just so... Uh, it's what I hate about kind of this knee-jerk reaction, especially usually people who don't even read the issue. They read the soundbite or... They look at the read. They hear the soundbite, or they they see the the panel where gets Cap saying Hail Hydra, and everyone loses their shit. But they're not even reading the comic, or they don't even understand how comics work, and it just drives me fucking bonkers. Because it's just like, calm down, people. Who cares? Like it's it's a comic, first of all. It doesn't ruin Captain America, and guess what? It definitely didn't ruin Captain America because it added something. And it's an interesting way to kind of have that character go forward because he's been messed with. And because of the way in which it was messed with, it's easy. As, it, there's an out. There's a gigantic fucking out. Like, oh, I'm sorry for the language, but I just, it really bugs me. And so reading an issue like this, I liked it. It's written by Nick Spencer. I work by Jesus Says. I thought it was well done. Uh, good art. It explains exactly what happened uh, in terms of how Steve Rogers kind of ended up becoming an agent of Hydra, so to speak. It was interesting. Um, it definitely colors Kobik's motives, but not in, but not necessarily. It just makes sense based on how the character has been written. And it's Dick Spencer. He's been the one writing all this, so he always had an endgame. He always knew exactly what he was going to do with it. The only thing that doesn't always jive is that Dugan and... Um, Dugan has been writing Red Skull, and so now has... Uh, Nick Spencer, and it doesn't always feel like it's the same iteration. Like, it feels like it's somewhat off. Everything else is fine. Um, thought it was interesting. I, 
I think one of the most messed up but kind of weirdly endearing um, things I've ever seen is uh, Red Skull trying to, you know, put put Kobuk to bed and read her a story. Um, that was very disconcerting, but also hilarious that he wants to kind of read her a, a story and uh, to go to bed and how he's kind of brainwashed her in some ways about how good Hydra is and how it's a great thing. Very interesting. I liked it. I thought the issues were really strong. Um, from, a, from a narrative perspective, it did nothing. Um, it just kind of explained everything, which I'm actually surprised they didn't just do later as like a, maybe a third or fourth issue reveal because it kind of took any momentum of the story and kind of stalled it. Uh, that being said, good story, so I'm going to give it an 8 anyway because uh, I did find it very enjoyable. Uh, next up is the Deathstroke Annual, number two. This is really good. It's called The Balkan. Uh, it's written by Phil Hester, artwork by Mirko Kolak and Roberto Viacava. I thought this was excellent. Um, the visuals were haunting. The story, you know, took its time to kind of unfold, but uh, I thought this was a really kind of harrowing adventure and examined a lot of different things about what Deathstroke does and what he's thinking of and his impact on those around him and what it means. And uh, I thought it was really, really well done, really fascinating, and, and again, haunting. Um, I'm going to give, and, and I think this had a lot more going for it than you would probably ever expect from Deathstroke. Uh, it's a done in one for the most part, so uh, you can just kind of read it and enjoy it, and you don't have to feel like you're missing anything because uh, it's not really in any way tied into what's been going on in the current Deathstroke book, and it doesn't really matter because that book is now over, and now we're moving on to something else. So, yeah, no, I thought this was this was really good. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I think that's going to be a common theme this week. Or maybe not. Because next up, we have Extraordinary X-Men, which I was not a big fan of. Um, I don't know. It's not, this book just doesn't work for me. It's written by Jeff Lemire, or by Humberto Ramos. Not a big fan of Ramos on the X-Men. I don't know what it is, but the way he draws some of these characters, I really just don't like it. Um, not a huge fan. The story by Lemire is all right, but it's not much more than that. Uh, even like Apocalypse is, finally makes an appearance here. and I don't know. I just found this so boring and uninteresting and compared to the other two X books this is just by far now three other X books if you want to con, uh, consider Civil War X-Men as well um, this just was very boring I just didn't really like it and I found it uninteresting and the ending felt like an odd place to end like it didn't even feel like a good cliffhanger uh, I'm going to give it a 5 like I just it's not working it's not gelling uh, it's the it's supposed to be the flagship X book, and it just feels the most isolated and segregated from the kind of main Marvel continuity. Whereas Uncanny feels more like they're dealing with traditional X things, and in the present, maybe that's part of the difference. Uh, and even in the first arc, they were dealing with like things going on in the current kind of regular continuity, and they're not taking place in fucking limbo. Like it just I don't know. I apologize for the salty language today. Uh, that's the second time I think I've apologized for it. Uh, next up is the Grayson Annual number three. Really enjoyed this. It's called Who is Agent 37? Uh, it's by uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. I don't even know who they are. Interstitial art is by Roge Antonio. Interstitial colors by Jeremy Cox. And then there's the kind of main stories themselves. Got the Charmer by Natasha Alterici. Um, you've got who else we got here? because uh, there's a few different stories and a whole different art. One by Christian Duce, which I think was probably my favorite. Um, it reminded me the most of 
Mikhail Yanin's art when he was uh, doing uh, Grayson. Um, there's a story called The Gymnast by Flaviano, also with colors by Jeremy Cox. And I think there's one more, which is kind of weird because it's a Simon Baz story by uh, Javier Fernandez and colors by Sotomayor. Um, an interesting story basically about Dick Grayson and how he was impacted on different people um, and what that all means. And to different, you know, other people who've kind of encountered him as he's been working for Spiral. It was a fun done in one. It kind of wraps up the end of, well, I guess kind of the end of the, the, the Grayson era, though it doesn't feel like it quite is a, a, a smooth lead into the upcoming Rebirth books, but I guess that's not, you know, they, they did what they could, I guess. Um, I enjoyed it, considering the different artists um, and, you know, kind of different types of stories for the different artists. I thought it was remarkably consistent, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Spider-Man number 5. Oof, this was tough, because I felt like I was... Parts of it I was just like, seriously, and parts of it I loved. Um, it's by Brian Michael Bendis, arc by Sarah Pacelli. Uh, the parts here with Gold Balls and Yankee uh, or Yankee, I thought were great, and a really good characterization of, you know, these two guys, I guess, starting to become friends and now roommates. Um, the fact that uh, Miles' grandmother wants to kind of get a P.I. to see what Miles has been doing is interesting, especially his choice of P.I., which makes sense given his Bendis. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of this issue that's actually, you know, Miles, because he's been supposed to the issue kind of, you know, unconscious and in, 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 uh, in handcuffs, basically. Uh, but it was still an entertaining issue, but there are just some things that bug me, especially out of nowhere, this giant Venom Blast. I'm just like, fuck, stop using that. It just feels like an over-reliance on that one power they use all the time. I like the idea that Miles is kind of wanting to go after Black Hat on his own and what that could mean. I love the fact that Jessica Jones is here. I'm not that interested in what happens as a what's going to be happening in um, the Civil War II time, but it, because Bendis is writing the main event, it's going to end up becoming bigger than just a regular tie-in. Um, uh, Miles' dad's going back to S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. It's just some, not all of it's good, um, but uh, I think it succeeds more than it fails. Uh, although, again, the over reliance and the venom stings really starting to bug me. I'm going to give it a seven. And last, but definitely not least, is Uncanny X Men number nine. Uh, this is by Colin Bunn and Ken Lashley. I enjoyed it, although Lashley's art isn't the best fit. Sometimes it really works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just it's not consistent. Or that there's a shot here of Psylocke running away from monsters, and it's hideous. Uh, not quite, I don't know if you've read the most recent issue, not the, the most recent issue of Mighty Thor had Darderman back, but the issue before that was, I finally read it and it was like the, the, the strongest Asgard, um, Viking or something. It was fucking awful. Some of the worst art I've ever seen in a mainstream comic book. Um, I like the story here by Bun. I don't think the art necessarily captured it fully. I'm going to give the issue just a six. And that is uh, this week's uh, comics from June 29th. Uh, just for a moment, let's jump forward and see what's coming out next week, or what are the, some, some of the highlights for July 6th. Um, so we've got, uh, let's see, from Dark Horse Comics Bounty Number 1, uh, as well as the Nexus Omnibus Volume 7. Uh, from DC, there's The Absolute Preacher. Not really a big surprise now that there's a TV series, Volume 1 of that. Uh, it's kind of a big commitment because that's a long series. Uh, Aquaman number two, Batman number two. Uh, we got uh, Batman Beyond number 14, Batman The Road to No Man's Land volume two. I love that they're doing these old books. 
Um, reprinting old collections from you know over 16 years ago now. It's kind of crazy. It doesn't feel that long. Uh, but, uh, let's see, Bloodlines number four. It's given the homecoming name. I don't know why. Flintstones number one. Future Quest number two. Green Arrow number two. Green Arrow trade paperback by Mate the Nightbirds. Second issue of Green Lanterns. Uh, we got the Justice League Rebirth now that they burned off the uh, issues 51 and 52 this past month. Uh, Superman number two and Superman the Coming of the Superman. I'm enjoying it even though it's this weird Neil Adams book. It's just, it's vibing for me. It just feels like this weird Bronze Age book and I'm loving it even though it's got odd art and it's, it's very overly stylized like Neil Adams is these days. Not nearly as clean as he used to be and the story's a little bit crazy but I like it anyway. Uh, Superman the Gold Age Omnibus Volume 2 hardcover uh, from IDW. There's Donald Duck as well as uh, Transformers Till All Are One Number Two, as well as the Transformers IDW collect- Collection Compendium Volume One. Don't even know exactly what's in that. Uh, from Image, we've got Discipline Number Five, Fuse Number Nineteen, uh, Revival Forty One, Paper Girls Number Seven, etc. And then over at Marvel, we got the first trade paperback of A Force, the second trade paperback for the Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide um, kind of storyline, Avengers by John Byrne Omnibus. Um, that's exciting that they're actually doing more of John Byrne's work. I don't know what uh, thing what's happened, but there's a few John Byrne omnibuses that are coming out soon. Uh, Avengers Time Runs Out hardcover, can, putting it all together. I think there was four smaller hardcovers, and now they're in one big one, which is kind of cool. Uh, new issue of Amazing Spider-Man, new issue of Captain America Sam Wilson. Uh, we've got uh, Civil War 2, Kingpin number 1, and Civil War 2, X-Men number 2. Uh, we have the Deadpool minibus hardcover, new printing. Uh, the second issue of Deadpool vs. Gambit. Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts trade paperback volume 2. So happy about this. This gets us up to issue 50 of the original Thunderbolts run. I don't know if we're going to keep going after that, but I'm just happy that they're going this far. I was always so sad that they only did the three classic uh, volumes. So the fact that they're not doing these two volumes has just made me so happy. Uh, we've got Invincible Iron Man number 11, which is still part of the Road to Civil War. It only feels a little delayed, right? But it's not. I think it's still technically on time. It just feels oddly placed. Uh, we've got a new issue of Moon Knight, Punisher, Scarlet Witch, as well as the first Scarlet Witch trade paperback. New issue of Silver Surfer, Spider-Man 2099, Spider-Woman number 9, Spidey number 8, the Star Wars hard Darth Vader hardcover volume 1, the second issue of Han Solo, fourth issue of Poe Dameron, a new issue of Totally Awesome Hulk. I loved issue number 7, so can't wait for the next one. As well as Boat Loki number 2. And unfortunately, for those on a Claws watch, we do not yet have Claws number 7. Although there is King's Quest number three. So that's everything coming out, or at least some of the highlights coming out next week on Wednesday, uh, July 6th. Anyways, thanks again for uh, joining me for this podcast. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time for next episode. Not really sure what that'll be yet, but hopefully it'll be someone good for episode 388. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye.